Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. You love, I love, and there's a great deal of love that goes on because of it. I wanted to get to number five because this one really touches my heart. Although it doesn't speak about giving money, it does speak about giving the greatest resource of all, which is Christ. Look at number five. Giving is what God does. Giving is what God does. John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that's you, that's me, that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. So when I look at, at, at God or Christ, I see, I see gift written all over it. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ is life. Having Christ, I have eternal life. I look at all of that and I say, God gave his son. So here's what I wrote in my margin to me. Our greatest need was met by God's greatest sacrifice. Think about that. My greatest need was met by Christ's greatest sacrifice. Now, play, play in your mind with this a little bit. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so I'm thinking he didn't just give to John the Apostle who is recording this from the Spirit's uh, inspiration. He's saying God gave to the world. So if God is a giver to the world of the greatest sacrifice, and my life is now hid in Christ, and he is now in me, the hope of glory, wouldn't I want to give me and everything that he has given me that essentially defines me by what he's given me tangibly? Wouldn't I want to also, like him, Give that to the world. Now catch this now. If he gave to the world its greatest need, his greatest sacrifice, then wouldn't I, who is now filled with the fullness of God, want to give to the world my greatest sacrifice for their greatest need? Now I know, I'm not ignorant, I know I'll never die and pay for their sins. We we got all of that. But what I can do is to bring Christ who is in me to them who have the greatest need. I also believe that God is a great giver beyond just the spiritual gift that he gives, but he gives others. And even if he gives me the practical resources, ultimately, watch this, I will take care of making sure that they're fed, they're clothed, but I also want to make sure that I give to them their greatest need isn't their food and clothing, it's their eternality in Christ. Did you catch that? And so now I'm giving for the furtherance of the gospel as an example of what Christ has done for me in my life. Now, here's the deal. You may be listening right now, and all you're hearing is money. What I want you to hear now is the heart of a giver. Now, catch this phrase. Nothing makes us more like Christ than when we're giving and when we're forgiving. Did you catch that? That's why next Sunday, I'm going to break from this message, and I want to talk about how important it really is forgiving someone. I want to talk about that. But let's get back to this. All right, so when I look at this, why do I give? Because I want to be like Christ. He gave his life for me. I want to give whatever he's given to me to help others to know him, watch this, so that they then could give Christ to more people 
that I'll never reach. So everything is about the furtherance of the kingdom of the glory of God. All right. Here are some amens on this somewhere, I would think. Number, number, number six, giving is allowing God to love others through me. Giving is allowing God to love others through me. As each one has received a special gift, I, I believe this is more talking about some of the special gifts that are found in First Peter, but the gift of God, eternal life. I should employ it in serving one another as good stewards. And I really want the world to see Christ through me. And the best way I can do that is to give. First of all, have the attitude of giving and forgiving. And then with it comes whatever resources God has given to me to help that. Number seven, giving strengthens my faith. Giving strengthens my faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And you say, how in the world does that link up with giving? Because this is the bottom line of all Christians. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's what we should do with every part of our life. Don't lean on your own understanding. Sometimes you're not going to be able to figure out all that money management, time management situation. You can do the best you can with what you got because you got maybe a bit of leadership and organization going on for you. But for the most part, at the end of the day, you can't make it all work. So you have to trust in the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And I think acknowledge Him doesn't mean just know Him in your heart. Acknowledge Him is like make Him known. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, publicly, privately, inwardly, outwardly. Whatever you do, whatever you say, wherever you go, in all your ways, you are acknowledging Him as Savior and Lord. And then it says, and He will make your path straight. In other words, He will figure this out for you. So if you're in the context of finances, this will work. If you're in the context of relationships, this will work. If it's in the context of employment, this will work. And we can just, I can go on for the rest of the day on that. So in all of our ways, with all of our hearts, we trust him because the end result in all of this, he will direct our paths for the ultimate purpose of him receiving glory. So it'll strengthen my faith. Let me share with you one, one way that strengthen our faith. Let me take you back, if you don't mind, to the time that we were collect, I was collecting garbage. Okay, and uh, we didn't get paid a whole lot. We treasured every bit of that. I was able to get a part-time job teaching for Job Corps. If you've ever heard of Job Corps or not, uh, LBJ thing that was started a long time ago, and uh, we still barely could make it. Our kids were, you know, they, they're they're growing and all that needed their stuff. And uh, <clears throat> someone was so gracious, and they gave us a card. I'll never forget this. Well, what I will forget is how it got to us, but I do remember getting this card. And I opened it up. And in our house, so we get a lot of mail because we just get a lot of mail. So our, our, our guidelines in our home is if Carol's name is alone on the envelope, I don't touch it unless it says from Lover Bob or something. Then I'll open it. But it never says that. Relax. So I, she opens that. If it says Stan and Carol, I open it. There's a lot of reasons you probably could understand. Or if it says me. On the other hand, all of that mail... I then take the envelope and I turn the card kind of sideways in it so it sticks out. So in a sense, I'm really opening the mail for Carol because I'm her secretary for her to see it. I just got it first. You, get, you got all of that. So I opened up this one, and in it was a crisp folded $100 bill. I mean, I almost had an old-fashioned Methodist spitting fit. You know what I mean? I was just so excited. I couldn't believe it. Oh, look what we got. I told Carol and I said, oh, oh, oh honey, here, here. You, you hold this now. You put it in your wallet because she, she does the grocery shopping. You know, me, we'd only eat peanut butter if I went shopping. All right. So she goes out. All right. Now we're in church and they had someone up here, kind of a missionary type, really sharing their particular need. And my wife's got a heart as big as Texas. And um, so she's crying and I'm sitting down and weeping and, and they... You know, things are happening. 
Well, the next day we're out grocery shopping, and I said, uh, "Carol, we need a hundred dollars to pay the bill." She says, I, "I I slipped it to that missionary the other day." I said, "Praise God!" No, I didn't. I said, "What? What did you ask for?" I thought we had this rule that anything over two cents, you tell me. You know, no, we didn't have that rule. But but the point is, and now I just it really told me again that God is large and in charge. So we gave it to the Lord. A couple of weeks later, it came back to us in another card but it had two crisp $100 bills in it. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that so now you dump more money in so you get more from God. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but for right, I just want you to know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on unto your own understanding in all your ways, including your money. Acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths and how you're to handle all of this properly in a proper way according to His Word. So what does giving do? I am to give because it will stretch your faith. One pastor said this, and I, I, I really think about it, that sometimes we give more than what we have so that it keeps us more on our knees to get back what we gave away. And he does always, doesn't he? Sure. And what does that do? That strengthens our faith. And that's what our whole life is all about. Without faith, it's impossible to do what? Please God. All right, let's go to number eight. <clears throat> Another reason I suggest to you to consider giving Giving is my investment for eternity. Giving is my investment for eternity. So in other words, when I give, it's not just for here. A lot of stuff goes on beyond the grave when I'm giving. Let me read you this passage from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. It's, this passage is actually written to all of us because all of us are rich, comparatively speaking. All right? It says, instruct them who have wealth to do good. So in other words, do good deeds with, your, with you who you are. But it also says to be rich in good works. Then it says to be generous and ready to share. Basically, it's saying that when you're doing this, you're storing up for yourself the treasure of a good foundation for the future. When you're doing all of this, it's really being set in the heavens for something that's eternal in the future. It's a foundation so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed, which is all about Him, all about Christ and the importance of giving it to Him. I like to say that when I give, God is judging my heart, He's judging my actions, and He's He's also judging the choice of where I am giving, the why behind it. I'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not to determine whether I go to heaven or not, but I'll stand before Him based on the following criteria. One, did I live my Christian life in faith? Number two, did I do it with love, otherwise there's no reward? And number three, were my deeds good that I did? Do I do it in faith, did I do it in love, and were my deeds good? And then I'll get a reward, not whether I go to heaven or not. I'm already going to heaven, now the rewards that I'll get when I get to heaven. So that's all part of laying up for what I do here. Am I giving in faith? Do I do it because I love Him and others? Am I doing it now for His glory, all of this? Are the deeds that I'm doing and the reasons that I'm giving that, is it going to advance the kingdom of God or is it purely just to make hell a better place to go to hell from, earth a better place to go to hell from? So what are my deeds? What am I doing with my deeds? Let me add one other caveat. There are some people who would much rather dump money into projects and never do anything themselves to get dirty for God. They'll let other people get dirty for God. Frankly, they'll let their money get dirty for God. But they won't. And so sometimes there's that little bit of sweat equity. One person we were helping recently said this to, to Carol and me. says, why, why are you doing this for me? You're so busy. You don't have time for all this. And all that. I said, yeah, I do. I said, we need you in our life. You know, I mean, we have events, activities, radio, all that stuff. We got all of that. But you can get so lost in the sauce of calendars 
and phone calls and emails and events that you forget that person that's sitting almost next to you. They're crashing and burning inside and they're trying to make it through life. We need people like that in our life. It makes us better people, engaging them for Christ. How many of you have ever heard of G. Campbell Morgan? Have you ever heard of that great Bible teacher? He wrote this. I will tell you that G. Campbell Morgan, listen to this. I've got to warn you, caution you, alert you. He lived at a time that those, those preachers and days gone by were a little bit more, you better get right with God, you know. And today we're so dipping our arrows in honey that when we shoot them, the arrow hits the person and slides right off of them and they never get it. So I want you to be prepared. This is strong here. But sometimes we need strong. Here's what he wrote. He said, You are to remember with the passion burning within you that you are not the child of today. You are not of the earth. You are more than dust. You are the child of tomorrow. You are of the eternities. You are the offspring of deity, so to speak, born again in his family. The measurements of your lives cannot be circumscribed by the point where blue sky kisses green earth. All the fact of your life cannot be encompassed in the one small sphere upon which you live, planet Earth. You belong to the infinite. If you make your fortune on the Earth, poor silly, sorry soul, you have made a fortune and stored it in a place where you cannot hold it. Make your fortune. But, and I love this, store it will get you great rewards in the dawning of the new morning. I miss preaching like that. I don't know if I can handle it every week yet, but it's great stuff. And it really convicted me, and I thought maybe to you it would bring a word of um, caution. Let me give you a couple more and we'll be done here. It gives us a closeness to the Lord. When I give, it draws me much closer to Him. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When I give to a particular mission organization, I get so excited because I want to know what they're doing, how they're using it, how am I helping. Generally, in most cases, authentic ones that have the ability to do this, they express back to me their appreciation. Florida Bible College received funds through our Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma uh, angels on the internet, so we collected money. We didn't get a lot, got some. We divided it up to two people in Florida. One is a pastor in Daytona Beach because it all hit the East Coast. Another was a pastor in the Florida Keys that nearly lost everything. And another was in Houston that was of a large Christian school where many families were affected, lost their homes. So we gave that money away. And I have to tell you, I was wondering if I'd ever get a thank you note. Why would I do that? Why would I ever wonder? So few Christians ever thank anybody. I mean, seriously. First thing, I got a text from one. Bang. Got a long email from the other. Bang. And then this morning I came in and Jill put a letter in my box. It was from the group out in Texas. A beautiful thank you. Why am I telling you all of that? When I go through all of this kind of stuff, it's like I want to know more. How's the church? What are they doing with the money? How many people are getting saved? What else do you need? Maybe we could give you some more. How's it happening? Our heart is there. And that's why here at this church that we're different than other churches, we will parade our missionaries in front of you. We do that because we want you to know their heart. We want you to hear them say thank you. They may not say, thank you for your money. What they are saying is this, I'm living the very reason you're giving to me. You're giving to the vision, not to me. And I want you to see the vision as it lives out through my sweat glands. 
And so we do that here because that's where our heart is. Number 10, giving counteracts materialism. Giving counteracts materialism. See, the, the worldview is they give to get, even if they give to do-gooder organizations, is they like their name to be known, they put a name on stuff, they gave it away, all of that. Christians, on the other hand, I love this, we don't only, watch this now, we don't only get to give, watch this, I love it, we already got, and that's why we give. Did you catch that? That's the whole thing. So giving counteracts materialism. Number 11, giving blesses me in return. He who is generous will be blessed, for he gives some of his food to the poor. I like that, some of his food. You don't give everything away to the poor people, and thus you're suffering and you can't help others. You know, you do enough to help them, but you've got to keep alive and keep growing yourself. Number 12, giving can make me happy or blessed or fulfilled. When I looked at this verse, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said that. You already know that, don't you? All right? Yeah, 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 you know that. But where I got that from was Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And I believe this is, these would be the only words of Jesus that's quoted in the New Testament that are, that, are, uh, that are found in the Gospels, but no other words that he said in the Gospels are found in the New Testament other than this phrase. I've got to bring this message to a close. So I just want to tell you, where do you give again? I'm going to give it to you very simple. I believe we're to give to the Lord. I get that. But we're to give locally and we're to give globally. Locally is our own church here. This is the goose that lays the golden eggs. I spoke to that already. But not only here, the goose that's laying the golden eggs better be laying golden eggs. That means reaching out to others through present local ministries, but also national ministries. So we need to give locally here. So the, Watch this, folks. I, I love you when I'm saying this. The more you give on Sunday morning... There's a designated percentage that goes to missions. We're one of the higher mission quotient churches that gives to missions. But when we don't have here, because we have to keep the lights on, logically, you have to understand the others are going to have to change as well. We're all in this thing together as we do this. So our heart is to be like Jesus, reach the world. So what do we need to do is to trust the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And we do that by giving to the Lord here with the intention of making sure we wisely funnel generous amount to those that are outside and hopefully add more either to them or add more missionaries to support. So we do that because we want to do that. And when we do that, it makes us happy. So I give locally and I give globally. If all you do is give globally, the local place that feeds your soul will shrivel up and it won't help you. When you give here and only here, it's selfish and God won't continue to bless. So there has to be a good balance of it. But the first place is to take care of the home. And second, not, and not, second in addition to, give globally. What are the three areas we're to give to? I'll unpack this the next time we're together, so I'll just end with this. Um, we already talked a lot about places to give, but I want to just reduce to three areas. One is evangelism. We can never underestimate the importance of giving to evangelize people for Christ. That's why you hear the gospel. I give the gospel nearly every week. I often give invitations because I never know who's listening so that through all of the stuff that they're hearing that's mostly for believers to do because they have the power to do it, they have the ability to understand what to do, but the lost... I don't want them to do that thinking that's going to get them to heaven. So we evangelize by giving the pure message of grace. 
Number two, though, it's not just to win them and wet them. You know, what we're to do also is to disciple them. So our money should be given so we can help that person to really center down on God and follow Him with all their heart, soul, and mind. So I like to say it this way. Our church here is to help the unsaved come to faith alone in Jesus Christ and then to go on to become fully obedient worshipers of the Lord. And that's what we give to evangelism and discipleship. But we must never leave out the third. Here it is. The third is the ministry of mercy. And I gave a broad term to that, a ministry of mercy, because the poor will always be with us. Scripture repeatedly admonishes those who love God that they should love others. And if we really love others, then sometimes we do have to love them in their basic needs of life as well. All the time. Watch this now. Not divorcing evangelism and discipleship from helping those that have a a legitimate need. We bring those two together to make sure that hand in glove, they're coming to faith alone in Christ, going on to become a fully obedient worshiper of the Lord. Watch this. Strengthened because they're following Scripture so that they then can begin to feed themselves and watch and feed others through all of that. We had a long day today, didn't we? I hope that was an information overload. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want you to write down these take-home points. I just want you to hear them and then maybe own them in your heart as we leave. Here they are. I'm going to answer a question. All right, Stan, that's good stuff you gave. Lots from Scripture, a lot for me to think about. Actually, almost too much. I don't know if I can remember it all. Where do I begin? Where do I start, Stan? I'm on board with you, but I I don't even know where to begin. You gave me so much. So I'm going to reduce it to three. Here's your first step. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior by placing your faith alone in Christ. People that say, I I accepted the Lord, that, that means nothing, really. How do you accept the Lord? Grab Him at the air? And even in Scripture, did you receive the Lord? That really doesn't mean anything. Unless according to John 1.12, you meant by that phrase to those who believe on His name. So if you want to accept or receive Him, you have to believe on His name. So why don't you just do that? Just trust Christ. That's where it begins. That's when you have all eternity resolved because you received the greatest gift at the greatest cost from the greatest giver for the greatest reason. If you'll accept Jesus Christ as your Savior by placing your faith in Him, not doing good deeds, not doing social deeds, not doing religious deeds, but simply by trusting Christ alone. Now that's number one. Number two, I want you to give yourself to the Lord as a believer. We talked about giving money here and all that, but what He'd much rather have is your heart first. Like one person says, you give your heart to the Lord, your checkbook will come along with it. So right now, just give your heart to the Lord as a believer, not to get saved, not to stay saved, but because you are. Let Him now be the master of your life. And the way you do that is saying, all right, Lord, you're the master, but if you're the master, I must do something. But what do I do? That's what you do. You obey Scripture now. You get into the Bible. You hear what He has to say. You thank Him for His Holy Spirit that came inside of you the moment you trusted Christ to give you understanding and power to do this and sustainability to keep doing it. So the first is you trust Christ as your Savior. The second, you give yourself to the Lord. You surrender totally to Him. Thirdly, though, you ready? Embrace the conviction that your money and your resources 
have been given to you by God. And they must be earned, managed, and given away for His glory according to clear biblical scripture. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank You how much You love us and how much we who live here in America are, have been so blessed as, as we see these pictures of people all over the world and what they suffer and they don't have. And we're still trying to figure that part out. But for right now, we can't fix everybody there, but we can begin to fix ourselves. And we want to be what you want us to be, one person at a time. And so, Lord, in a marriage, if one would begin it and that two of them will join, and maybe as a family, we will enter into the joy of giving. Now, Father, I pray that this church will be a model upon which others can see that biblical truth works. And through that, you would be glorified. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.